The FM Evolution podcast is brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services. We'll ensure consistently great performance to help keep your business running smoothly. For more information, visit cgpconstruction.com. Uh, as terrible as, as the pandemic and COVID have been, um, it actually forced an accelerated change in many, many ways. And some of those ways are actually going to be beneficial for us, not only now, but certainly in the future. This is the FM Evolution Podcast, brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, bringing you trends, innovations, and advancement of the facility management universe. Welcome to the Evolution. Here's Sean Black. What's up, guys? Sean Black and FM Evolution. Welcome back to another show. Today, we're going to be talking about a topic that we all have gone through the last year and a half, that's COVID-19, but specifically, we're talking about how it had uh, such a profound effect on construction in 2020. We uh, took one of the biggest hits since the Great Recession in 2008 in construction, and so there was a lot of shifts, a lot of pivots, all those things we talk about that con- contractors had to make. And so today we're talking to Tom Kane with SMG Facilities. He has some unique perspective on this. Tom's been in this business for 20 plus years in facility maintenance. And uh, he's he is the connector. This guy's got so much uh, going on and he helps people connecting people and businesses together. And he has a ton of value and input that he drops in this podcast. So stay tuned. You're not going to miss this. But before that, here is a word from our sponsor. Did you know that CGP Maintenance and Construction Services are also commercial plumbers? They added the plumbing division in 2000 and have been serving the nation's largest brands ever since. They offer everything from cleaning drains, camera work, and grease trap repairs to full repipes and dig-ups. So when your brand needs commercial plumbing, remember to call CGP. They are ready to be on-site 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. They specialize in restaurants, retail stores, commercial buildings, and hospitality. No matter what your plumbing needs may be, CGP is ready. And because they are a maintenance company, they can make the repairs needed after the plumbing is completed as well. One call will do it all. Call them today at 858-454-7326 or check them out on the web at www.cgpconstruction.com. Give them a call today. What's up, guys? It's Sean Black at FM Evolution. And welcome back to another show. You guys probably remember 2020. I know that we're all trying to get over it and push into 2021. And it was a difficult year for contractors in general. But for those who specialize in retail and hospitality and restaurants, things had to shift pretty quickly for us. Uh, Today, we're going to be going over, uh, you know, what happened in 2020 and kind of talk about those shifts with Tom Kay. Tom is the Chief Revenue Officer at SMG Facility Services. And so many of you guys may know Tom as the connector. That's how I know Tom, too. Um, and uh, we, we met at organizations like RIFMA and Connects. And Tom's been doing this a long time. Um, he, you know, before he was a Chief Revenue Officer at SMG, um, he spent the last 20 years in various leadership positions and technology space supporting national accounts as, as it relates to facility management. So he's been around a long time and I'm excited to have him on because he's always been uh, 
there for me when I need him and inspiration. So Tom, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you? <laughs> Thank you, Sean. It is a pleasure to be here. I'm glad to have you here and, and I'm excited to kind of dive into this. You know, we talk a lot about different subjects for FM and uh, in doing that, we don't always necessarily address the contractors um, because there's just so much to cover in FM. But we had a one hell of a year last year. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad we could dive into this and kind of talk about all the things that we had to kind of shift up and, and what we need to do. Uh, but for those who aren't familiar with you or SMG, could you tell us a little bit about you? Sure. Um, as you mentioned, I'm the chief revenue officer and SMG has been around the space for 25 years. In fact, actually celebrating our 25th anniversary this year. But um, SMG is a technology-driven uh, IFM or integrated facilities management company. And we're really just a single source of accountability uh, for us really to streamline and improve efficiencies across the space for our clients. So we specialize in um, 75 plus trades. We're not actually turning the wrench. We've got a network of 25,000 uh, service partners. We call them platinum trade partners. And to your point about COVID, uh, we know firsthand um, a lot of the challenges that not only the space has felt, but also those platinum trade partners. Yeah, it's it's been crazy, and and um, you know, being in that space and actually turning the wrenches, we felt it, and I know your clients felt it, and ours did too. And it's just been a tremendous change for everyone. Um, I like to ask everyone though, as a way of getting to know you guys and getting to know what you're into. Uh, what you're reading, because for us, education is a big part of our culture. So what what are you reading? Would fans want to know? That, that's a great question. So um, my English teacher would probably say, uh, you know, what are you reading, Tom? I say, Miss Smith, I'm actually not reading anything. Uh, I'm a big Audible fan. So, oh, you yes. know, prior to COVID, I was on the road, you know, platinum park, you know, flying 100,000 miles easily each year. And so I never really had the time or actually felt like I needed to have the time to actually thumb through a book. But years ago, I got hooked on Audible, and I am a huge fan of Audible. So, in fact, we actually even took it as a leadership team uh, to extend out subscriptions to all of our employees who wanted it to really grow both personally and professionally. So for me, Audible is that, you know, I, I listen to it, I chew on it, I digest, digest a lot of stuff. Um, as far as books that I really have been running through in my head of late, um, are actually two that I think the, the listeners would love to hear. One is Tim Ferriss. Uh, Tim's a great guy. He's out of Austin. He's an investor, a writer, a thinker. Um, but he's got a book out there that I love called A Tribe of Mentors. And so nice. I would definitely encourage folks to to grab that, read through that, or listen to that if you're an Audible fan, as myself. Um, I also uh, listen to his podcasts. And of course, he's got a blog that's pretty powerful, too. So that would be one. The other one would be one that a lot of folks have probably heard in the past, but not necessarily the new version of that, which is Dale Carnegie's. So Dale Carnegie wrote a book in 1936, I think it was, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um, but they've taken that to the digital age. So um, it really takes into place social media and how you can really connect with not only your folks close to you, but also to new people as well. So it's really a good book, and I would highly encourage both of those. Great books. I, and we talked about this earlier, I'm definitely going to get that new version of how to win friends and influence people because that's a classic book. 
Tim also, Tim's great. He has a uh, tools for Titans. If you haven't read yep, that one, yep. that one's really it's good. One, and, the, and the four day work week is one that kind of, yeah, everybody excited about him. But I love the mentor one because, you know, it's got 130, I think, uh, leaders in all kinds of spaces. And then he kind of poses two or three questions to them about what they would do in these particular situations. So it really is a great book. And I think what he, he classifies it is, is this, this ultimate uh, choose your own destiny or adventure book. So cool the things that we can do now and 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 learn so quickly. What people took twenty years to learn, you know, people are compressing down in a book. Absolutely, you know, less is you know, knowledge earned is one thing certainly, but you can so fast to learn new um, ideas and concepts. It's really cool. Thank you for adding the list. We're going to add those. You bet. In the notes, those are great. All right, so let's hop into this. So twenty twenty. I was looking this up. The construction industry lost $61 billion in GDP because of COVID-19. And taking consideration the job losses as well, that represents two years of total GDP gains. So it's huge. We were hit yeah. really hard. Um, and I was, I was concerned it was going to be the same as twenty uh, or as 2008 because that, yeah. that was devastating. I mean, it was, yeah. we thought everyone felt it. I didn't feel the same. Um, and I think it's because the lessons we learned in 2008, well, we're going to get into that. A lot of people shifted very quickly. Um, I wonder if you could kind of cover how 2020 kind of affected you guys as a, as a whole, as a, in general. Yeah, that's that's a great question. I, I think for us, you know, 2020 is really hard to describe. I, I think it spared no one. Uh, COVID was tragic. Lives are lost. Lives are still being lost. Jobs furloughed, doors closed. Um, and really across the board, um, Everyone was impacted in some form or fashion. But I've told this a couple of times on a couple of talks I've done, which is uh, as terrible as, as the pandemic and COVID have been, um, it actually forced an accelerated change in many, many ways. And some of those ways are actually going to be beneficial for us, not only now, but certainly in the future. And so, you know, you really had to evaluate how you every bit of business. And in our world, you know, because we have a, a knock or a National Account uh, Command Center, um, you know, those folks are there 24-7. In a COVID world, those are now remote employees, or at least a portion of them. Some of them have obviously come back. But in the case of that, that's we've had to adjust in the way that we communicate internally with our team, as well as we communicate with our external clients. So that was one thing that I saw was really dramatic. It's funny, you know, you say, oh, I'm a business and I'm, none of my people are ever going to work remotely. Well, COVID hits and everyone across the globe has now decided to work remote. And it's impacted commercial real estate to the point where that's going to be a long time before that follows. Yeah. Um, but, but the idea is, is really that with technology, if we embrace technology and leverage technology, there's really no reason why can't we be remote. And I think a lot of people will not come back. We've got clients that had you know, seven, 800 employees in a, in a corporate headquarters. They've renegotiated the lease, they've closed the doors, and now it's really a satellite office for those people who want to come visit. But those 700, 800 people are not coming back into the headquarters. Yeah, it, it is crazy. that The COVID-19 impact was, it was immediate. And it felt like, it seemed like it felt like it was happening overnight, but it was also amazing to see how the industry as a whole reacted. I mean, like you said, we went, within a couple of days, we're, we're going, hey, let's go remote because we can, you know, and the, yeah. the norm projects, you know, those have been rescheduled. Those are on hold. Let's focus yeah. on R&M. Let's do that. You know, there's yeah. so many shifts um, that were made so quickly to be productive. 
And I think a lot of companies did really well and I, they still suffered, but they, but they learned their lessons uh, yeah. I think a lot from 2008. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you there. And I think just the nature of our business as being an integrated facilities management business, um, you know, as terrible as COVID has been, uh, it actually has accelerated our workload because of the need for emergent response uh, or deep COVID cleaning for a lot of our multi-site clients. So um, it has been terrible, but unfortunately, you know, fortunately for us, we've been able to actually do quite well. Um, and that also kind of speaks to the point where in a facilities world, you know, the facility individuals are working their tails off. They're, they're, they're overworked. They have a tremendous amount of pressure on them to get jobs done. Then COVID hits. Uh, that team of five is now a team of two. Uh, the portfolio is still there. It still needs repair and maintenance. And so they're scrambling to do the best that they can. And quite frankly, I mean, the facility managers are frontline employees who were in there with their service providers and with their internal technicians uh, on their front lines, uh, cleaning this stuff up to the best they could so people could actually try to resume um, some life of normalcy. So really amazing at the speed in which they were able to do that because a lot of these processes were never in place. I mean, you can have uh, you know response to natural disasters or to uh, social unrest. Those can be on the books, but who's going to look at a pandemic? Well, no, like one no one, did. no one had a a pandemic playbook. Like no. It wasn't, it wasn't something. But now going forward, that's not going to change. You no, know absolutely. that that's going to be there. That process is going to be there. And I think going and 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 unwinding some of the stuff is going to be more difficult than we think. Yeah, no, I think that's true. And, and even to the point now where, um, so we we have the fortunate uh, position of leveraging a lot of best practices that our clients have uh, worked on and created and cultivated over years and working with us because, you know, we consider them partners. They don't look at us as a, a vendor, you know, vendors sell hot dogs. They look at us as a partner too. So we'll sit down and look through all of these processes and go through them individually and be very critical of how we performed in the hope that we would only get better over time. Yeah, I think everyone really came together from multiple different organizations. Even us, like we posted everything we could find mm-hmm. for you know the the brands that we serve to yep. give them resources. And, and yep. that I think was amazing. I think that can be attributed to some of the shifts that were made so quickly, were because of the information was flowing so fast. Yeah, and, and everyone was working so hard to get it out there. Right, and I think you know, and I I wouldn't say we're unique, but. Um, we were the one who was going to err on over communicating with our clients. And we, 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 you know, you had to come up to it with a certain level of empathy as well, because outside of work, their families are experiencing COVID. So it's really like, you know, sitting down and really, uh, in some cases, holding their, their hand through a very difficult situation. Um, but also just the ability to commis- commiserate in this terrible environment to say, listen, I feel your pain. I'm there too. Or, I've had someone I've lost to COVID or someone's been very sick or, or just my business is closed. All those things are just constantly going through the communication with these people. And, you know, it takes, a, 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 it takes discipline to do that as well, because uh, I think when you err on over communicating, um, you know, it's a good thing. And to your yeah. point, you know, even if there is a quote unquote competitor of mine um, that I can provide value to them or they to me uh, in an environment like that, this happens, you know, I would think the first week that COVID hit, it wasn't so much that um, I was getting inundated 
with client calls as much as I was getting inundated with uh, industry friends who said, listen, what are you doing? How are you doing this? How can you, how can we get this thing? How are we going to get through this together? Um, and those conversations just continually grew and grew and grew. Um, and a lot of that information is really powerful if it can be consolidated in a format where people can say, we're going to learn from this and we're going to move on and we're going to get better. And here's how we're going to do it. Yeah, that's, you know, that's when you know that network of people that you've been building for all this time mm -hmm. comes into play. Absolutely. I know companies who, you know, specialized uh, in restaurants and hospitality, they really were hit hard because that's what they did. And things just come to a halt. Yeah. Um, you know, the, and, and people who shifted were able to do the cleanings and whatnot. And that was, that was awesome. But I think there was also a, a look at, hey, we need to take a look at what we're doing and, and look at other markets yeah. as well. You know, healthcare yeah. now from here is going to continue to boom. They're going to need help, you know, and, and retail, yeah. even though it had its challenges, still was very busy. Yeah. Um, I think about all the toilet paper that had to get it restocked, you know. <laughs> And there was so many things going on right. um, for you guys. Yeah. I mean, what do you, did you shift the markets that you were serving as well? Or you stayed, you stayed true to your core. How, how did I, well, it you know, for us as an integrated facilities management company, we're going to support anybody that's got, you know, a distributed portfolio. So we're in excess of 30,000 sites that we manage uh, on a daily basis. Those are spread across all kinds of business segments. To your point though, those that were stuck in hospitality during this environment, it's been tragic. I talked to a customer the other day, 80 hotels, uh, you know, 60 restaurants. They said, um, you know, we're not going to see the hotel space come back to any sense of normalcy till probably Q3 or Q4 of 2022. Yep. Um, but then when you talk to people in the convenience store space or the grocery space, where those folks were just inundated um, with all kinds of uh, adjustments that had to be made in the course of their business just to keep the doors open. And then to your point, the supply chain has been completely decimated through this whole process. So who's going to run around and try to find toilet paper? Or, hey, you're only going to have two milk, you know, as opposed to three <laughs> or four. And you're like, wow, it, will, it was really... And everyone's going around taking snapshots of aisles that are completely empty. And you're thinking, you know, is this Armageddon or what? I still don't get it. I, yeah. I don't. <laughs> yeah, we we never really ran out. I didn't overbuy. No, no, no. I agree. I really understood what was going on there. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, to your other point, I mean, like I'm thinking of just like the restaurant space. Restaurants that would be slaughtered, um, and it's unfortunate because it was vulnerable to begin with. Uh, you think about just the margin of profitability within a restaurant; it's very low. It's razor thin. Yeah. So if, if, if something like this really impacted a lot of people. Um, but again, giving them all the credit in the world, their ability to adapt was amazing. I mean, how many restaurants did you know that never had a drive-through now have a drive-through? Or curbside is now going to become a thing of the future. I mean, it's not going away. Um, and you can say that to brick and mortar retail as well. Yeah. Um, the, a lot of these stores, Best Buy, uh, record numbers, right? Walmart, record numbers. Um, not only just from online ordering, but the curbside was a huge piece of their business. It's been really interesting, man. Like Vons, the other day I was there and they have pickup. They have their app. You place your order, they'll come to you and drop it off the groceries. Yeah. I know, like you said, Best Buy has been doing it. Um, the lines for In-N-Out and where I live in Santee are, are still pandemic levels. Like 
that's not going to change. I don't think like people's no. habits have shifted yeah. and that, you know, that kind of brings me to, you know, I think we both can agree that everything is changed mm-hmm. and, and the way we do business and, and especially in construction, but mm-hmm. everywhere people have changed. And I think it's going to have long lasting effects. Yeah. I think it's going to be shifting anytime soon to what we thought was normal. There's no, there is no such thing anymore. Right. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with technology too. Yeah. How, how do you see a things going to progressing as we continue to press forward in 2021, the next couple of years? You know, I think that we're going to see this continued rate of adoption for technology actually to increase. Um, obviously, I think people are looking at for ways to improve efficiencies and streamline processes and, and, and technology gets us there in many cases. I think, too, though, um, the people that have invested in technology in this space, i.e., you know, work order management platform or energy management platform or, you know, utility bill management platform, all those investments they've made in some level of technology that have been sitting here siloed, um, there's this tremendous desire uh, to integrate that and make that a very uh, actionable opportunity for data. Uh, and so I think you'll eventually see that. People talk about the smart building or the, the smart restaurant or the smart retail store. Um, and we're, we're getting there. We're very close. I think when you talk about software, the, the idea of having open software affords you the opportunity to do a lot of integration. But that's not always the case. So um, if people take uh, stock of the investment in which they've made, you know, then there's a good chance that there's, they're going to take advantage of it. No, I agree. Listen, we're running right up against a break to thank our sponsors. So we'll be right back with Tom K, you guys. CGP Maintenance and Construction Services Incorporated is not just a general contractor. They build, service, and maintain facilities while self-performing for some of the largest brands in the nation. With over 33 years in business, they've got what it takes to be the partner you deserve in today's fast-paced facility management marketplace. Welcome back to FM Evolution. Oh, man, we are back. There's so many things to cover. Back with here with Tom K, the Chief Revenue Officer at SMG Facility Services. And we are talking about shifts and changes that uh, the construction industry has gone through in the last uh, year because of COVID-19. And so we just got a ton really kind of talking about the everlasting change that we're seeing. And uh, we've covered a lot. I, I want to take a minute uh, and something we kind of touched on but I wanted to talk about supply chain management because it's one of those things that contractors, we have run into pretty big challenges with COVID. Um, you know, certain materials and trying to get things together have been extremely difficult. Yeah. Um, and that goes all the way through to the end user when you're trying to get materials. And so the timelines have been extended out. But not only that, the pricing that mm. we're seeing now on as stuff as simple as lumber has quadrupled. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so it's been really crazy how that supply chain management's really affected, uh, you know, all the way down to the FMs and, and what they're dealing with. Um, and I kind of wanted to hear from you, you know, what are some of the strategies that you've seen in the marketplace when dealing with these type of challenges? Yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting question. I don't know if it's one that I can actually answer. Um, to your point earlier, with the supply chain being impacted and the fact that some cases believe it's two years before we'll see any level of normalcy and volume, crazy, and even in pricing. You know, it's funny. Um, 
it's not funny, but it's it's something that we've talked about with some of our clients. Um, you know, with COVID, any capital project that was on the table um, was being evaluated. And if it was not 70% completed, it was shelved. And uh, it's not going to be done uh, the rest of the year for the vast majority of people we've talked to. So they realize that not only they're holding their cash because they don't know, uh, you know, what, what's going to transpire, but they're also holding their cash because the cost to invest and build is actually, like you said, quadruple. Um, I had a guy the other day said, you know, standard two by four is eight bucks. Now it's $32. I mean, how can you, how can you continue to do work that way efficiently? You still have to build, build and stuff. Um, so I think in regards to that, that's certainly something that I would, I would take a look at. The other one is like, you know, just in the case of, um, you know, they, they may shelf or hold that money for capital uh, projects uh, till 2022. There's still a dramatic need to do a lot of break, fix and fix repair stuff. So in that case, you know, we're sitting down with our clients and really evaluating what their priorities are. What is the biggest bang for their buck? I mean, where can they put their dollar that's going to give three or four dollars back? And, you know, obviously we just go through every single line item and every single piece of maintenance repair. Uh, to identify which ones are those. Um, the other thing I think some folks are considering is that, you know, you've got a much uh, more of a dialogue with procurement. Um, so I'll use retail as an example. Um, those folks have been obviously working with procurement a lot longer than, let's say, uh, you know, a restaurant or grocery or C-store. But in this environment, there's much more of a collaborative discussion taking place with real estate construction, uh, maintenance facilities, and procurement, because to your point, um, where are we going to find this, the, the supplies we need to get the job done, right? And so procurement is absolutely in that discussion. And I think one, and I, I won't put the 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 multi uh, provider on spot, but we've had clients where they actually have to ask to extend terms out because of the fact that there's some level of uncertainty, uh, not only in the supply chain but in the business itself, right? So there's this collaboration with service providers say, listen, hey, listen, I know it's tough. We're willing to extend our payment terms out 120 days. Uh, you don't want to do that long-term, obviously, but I think there's got to be some give and take and there has to be some level of partnership that says, listen, we're in this together. Uh, we're going to do everything we can to help each other. And if it means me going that extra mile for you in regards to you know, adjusting my payment terms, I'm going to do that because at the end of this, um, I know that we're in this together. We're a partnership. Hey man, for not having an answer, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to throw that out there. Those are great <laughs> strategies. And I, I think um, we implemented a lot of those and, and on the reverse side of those, I've seen where people didn't have a good strategy to deal with it too. And so it becomes very challenging. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I, we love, on the show, we love talking about innovation because it's one of the, the pillars of our content. I love mm-hmm. finding new innovative ways to do business, whether it's software or whatever. We were talking about that earlier. But really, I think a lot of innovation that had to happen during the pandemic was communication. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and companies really had to innovate to be able to still reach clients uh, and find new ways of communicating. And we talk mm-hmm. about this being yeah. uh, connectors. This is what we yeah. do. Yep. Uh, I, I really kind of want to hear from you on w- how. That's a great that question works. too. I mean, I would say this um, to your point. Uh, it's probably a four-letter word. It's called Zoom. Yeah. Um, um, how many of us would have been uh, maybe uh, loyal to one 
provider, be it GoToMeeting or and now Zoom is the go-to. Or now we have four. We have Teams and Zoom and all these other ones. Um, and that's forced people to uh, understand that. You know, Now there's a whole new etiquette around these platforms. Um, but it does afford us the opportunity to continue or, or at least try to create some level of connection between somebody because I get to see your smiling face and you get to see mine. Um, but the other thing, too, is, is that, um, you know, internally, um, especially from a remote environment perspective, everybody uh, needs to feel like they're part of a team. You don't want them out on an island. There's, you know, there's this COVID environment has created a lot of anxiety across lots of places. And the last thing you want to have that is you know, rule its roost in your own office. So we've over communicated with our, you know, our internal team. We've over communicated with our clients because we feel it's that important to continue to keep that connection. And then from a service provider or a platinum trade partners, it actually has been a very good opportunity for us to really extend a, a, a new level of communication with them. You know, um, somebody asked me the other day, you know, how do you, how do you go about trying to find new uh, clients or new prospects in this social age? And I mean, the one I would point everyone to is LinkedIn. And so maybe a tip for your listeners is like, listen, take a self-evaluation of your LinkedIn profile and see where it is. Have somebody be more critical of it than you. So other than your mom telling it looks great, <laughs> have somebody else uh, tell you it looks great. And if not, get it fixed because in this social environment, that's your face. I mean, and in, in, in people are going to go to your website to check out what you do. They're going to go to your LinkedIn profile to check what you do. Uh, and those things got to be lockstep and they got to be solid because in this world, you know, you just need it. Um, but th- those are the ones I would say is just, and then, you know, even, even an uptick on uh, text and, uh, and email, you know, depending upon the age group, uh, the, 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 uh, the Gen Z's uh, don't ever call them on the phone, but you can text them to the council. <laughs> right. That's right. Um, so you have to identify what type of communication the people you're dealing with want to use. And, you know, and that's, that's, that's only been accelerated as well. Yeah, I've seen new apps really flourishing during this time. Um, uh, Clubhouse is one of them. I don't know if you're familiar with that, yeah, but that's yeah. really booming. And it's yeah. been really interesting. Um, it's a whole different platform. And uh, and so that, that's been fun. But yeah, I think you're right. I think there's just people getting Zoom fatigue is a real thing. You know, I think people are really, with all the innovation and communication, I, mm-hmm. I know I'm ready. I'm ready to go back to shows. And I'm ready to go back to... yeah you know, face to face. And I'm, we're just starting to have lunches again with people, which is like yeah. an amazing thing. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, it's funny cause we, uh, we, we do an event every year. Uh, we're part of a group called the mob. If you want to check them out, trust the mob.com. And they are a group of about 15 businesses. Uh, none of them are competitive, but they all have a, a large network of obviously clients and, and, and service providers. And so, uh, we do event every year. It's a, a, an innovation forum. And uh, so our, it actually starts tomorrow. I'm, I'm flying to Fort Lauderdale. We're at the Hard Rock uh, Casino and Cafe. We've got, you know, dozens of, of uh, clients coming down there. And our fear was, listen, we're going to do this event. Does anybody want to come? And we're like, yeah, we're in. So there's a point where people say, you know what, I've had my shot. Uh, I, I clean <laughs> my my desk. I, I'm, I'm ready to come. And so I'll let you know. I will let you know. Um, how that shakes out, but it's going to be a very a great opportunity to see people face to face and shake their hands. And sure, we'll have the COVID uh, you know processes in place, and 
there'll be social distancing when we sit down and do our industry roundtables. But make no mistake about it, people want to get out there. And as to your point, the, the, the thaw is occurring. And, and uh, I think that the uh, vaccine is accelerated. Everyone's going to be employing the new COVID handshake. I don't, don't laugh because I was actually in an event yesterday and uh, one of the young guys put his hand out and the guy's like, no, COVID handshake. COVID handshake. That's so funny. <laughs> hey, you know, it's just one of those realities that we have now. It is. It is reality. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, there are so many things I think were challenges, but there were some, there were some cool things that happened too. And I think one of those things were for a lot of companies, and I, and I think probably including you guys, there's a renewed focus on employee health, uh, you yeah. know, physical health and and and, and yes. emotional health, and really connecting to their clients. And I think the company culture really came back into focus more than ever. And so yeah. I wanted to hear a little bit about you know how SMG adopt, mm-hmm. adopted with yeah. or dealt with that and, and your culture through 2020. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a a, a great question. I'd love to even hear what you guys are doing. But in our world, you know, 25 years doing this, uh, we we have our, our employees are our family. Our service providers or platinum trade partners are our family. Our clients are our family. Um, so uh, culture is very important to us. You know, we have three kind of pillars, if you will. It's people, process, and technology. But that people piece, um, as I mentioned, it's really over communicating with our internal team to make sure that they're okay. Uh, we've just implemented an HR uh, tool that's to specifically speak to the fact that there's an opportunity if there is any kind of questions they have, not only about their general health care, but if they have questions about COVID or experiencing these various symptoms that they're concerned about, they have this 24-hour call uh, uh, center. So, so we made the investment in that technology knowing full well that it was not going to be business as usual. And as to the point of people coming back in the office, we love that. We love to see them. But there's still going to be a remote workforce out there that we still have to support. And this is one way to do that. Um, but culture is extremely important to us. You know, we, again, founded 25 years ago. Um, and our CEO is just about as passionate about people as I've ever met. Um, and by her doing that, I think that kind of trickles down to all the leadership team as well as down to not only our, our platinum trade partners, but our clients. I mean, our clients know that we love them. So for us, we say it's all about the experience. And if they're not successful, we're not successful. And it really does start with the culture that we have. It does. I mean, uh, and kind of for us, we did weekly messaging with our CEO mm-hmm. on video. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, that went out to everyone in the team. And, mm-hmm. you know, to start, it was a, it was a big deal because people were losing their minds over COVID. Oh, just losing terrible. their darn minds. And I get Absolutely. it. There's so much misinformation as much as there was real information out there. Yeah. So yeah. we really had to calm everyone down. And and Jim yeah. Robinson's our CEO. He did a great yeah. job at, at messaging to um, the entire team. Yeah. And we did Zoom meetings for the entire team yeah. and, and, and celebrations for everyone's birthdays and then we did a lot of cool things That's great. that we, yeah. you know, we never did before. No, and, and I think, I think again, it's accelerated some of those things where, you know, those will be ongoing. Uh, those are kind of weaved now into the culture of your business. Your employees who experience that are going to want to continue to experience that. And you're going to want to continue to do it because of what it made you feel like. I mean, it is all about, this relationship 
uh, because you're looking at a monitor eight hours a day and you don't have the ability to handshake or eat, eat din- dinner or lunch with somebody. Um, and this is a way to do it. I mean, how many virtual happy hours have you attended? A lot. Um, how many holiday <laughs> Hollywood, Hollywood squares have you attended? How many uh, uh, bartending uh, events have you attended? And and they're all in an effort to uh, you know continue to you know keep this communication open. Yeah, it's been really interesting. We did a lot of uh, of the virtual happy hours with clients, <laughs> and it, it's the strangest thing. You know, it's, it's one-on-one for the most part where you're sitting out with a client with a cocktail and you're just drinking, having a good time. And, and it's just, it's cool. We did the same thing over lunches right? Um, and uh, not the same, but different Yeah, uh, and still yeah. fun. Um, Cause it, it had is. some, it had some, uh, you know, uh, uh, it was just different. It, it was good to do. And I think those type of things were the, the, the bright points and in, in all of this, I think it was absolutely. Really, absolutely. Know, as much as the pandemic affected companies like ours, though, and yeah. in construction, I think it also affected the, the facility managers dramatically. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, in some ways, I think even more sometimes. Um, I know from talking to you that you you look at working with clients and their brands as as partners, you know, and, and, and it's a big deal. Do you feel like that relationship was change at all or it became even more important or how how is it how i would it say be? i would say it's never been less important i think it became much more solidified and actually was strengthened mm-hmm. um because to the point earlier we 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 value our partners both internally and externally we did our very best to over communicate and really listen because there was a lot of listening that was required um but you know i think we're all going to come through this stronger um, and, and we're all going to come through this, have learned a lot of valuable lessons that will only strengthen us as we move forward. And we'll also have some level of, you know, hey, we've got through this together kind of thing. Um, and, you know, it, it, it has only strengthened our position with our internal and external. I love that. All right. We're going to wrap up here. I got a few more questions for you. Sure. I'll let you go. Um, so one of the things I want to kind of get from you is, how do you, or what do you feel is the most important thing for contractors to focus on as we move forward into 2021 here? Um, you know, it's not rocket science. I would say that they just need to continue to focus on the fundamentals. I think in this environment, it's very easy to take your eye off the ball and very easy for you to realize why you got here and how you got here. So I would say just, you know, rather than strive to hit a home run every time you come up to bat, I would work towards playing small ball. And just the fundamentals of, of, of just getting some base hits. Um, and I think working on areas, um, you know, this affords us the opportunity to examine each area of our business. And those areas that we excelled in, you know, pat yourself on the back. Those areas where you struggled, absolutely realize that that was a blind spot you need to address. And, and, and don't wait for another uh, terrible pandemic to uh, realize that. So take advantage of this and learn from it would be my one to, to really go out on. Great advice from Tom K. I appreciate it, buddy. That was awesome. You bet. Uh, for those who want to learn more about you and SMG, mm-hmm. how, do we, how do we learn more about you? How do we find you? I would say, I mean, the easiest way to be is to go to LinkedIn. Pull me up on LinkedIn. Uh, reach out to connect to me. Uh, and, and then let's just have a conversation. Um, I'm all about creating value. And if we can do that uh, for each other, that's great. But it's not, it can be a one-sided street. I'm happy to help where I can, but LinkedIn's the best place. 
that's what I love about you, man. You're always here to help. I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on the show. It's been you awesome bet. to have you. Uh, and from everyone here at FM Evolution and all of our staff and team, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, for those who are on your favorite podcast platform, hey, sit, hit subscribe and, and leave us a comment. And yeah. uh, those watching us on YouTube, make sure to hit the little bell for notifications. And we'd love to hear from you as well. Leave some comments and let us know what you'd like to see. And uh, that's it. We're going to wrap up. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you on the next one. See I you. I appreciate it. Bye-bye.